I am so over these Toronto Raptors. Fi- hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me get this right. Hold on, let, let let's do this the right way. Welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host DVD. All right, DVD, we got that out the way. I am so over these Toronto Raptors fans. What in the world are you doing? You want to claim to be the best fans in the world? You want everybody to see T-Rex and all this crap? You got Drake up on the sidelines trying to act like he's all up in the game, as Suge Knight would say. What in the world are you doing? You got a man, an all-star. Yeah, he's on the other team. He goes down with an injury because he's already injured, and then you and all the rest of your fans in the arena want to stand up and applaud and cheer and laugh? Get the hell out of here. You guys are a bunch of clowns. You guys don't know anything about sports unless it's on frozen water. All right, CBD. You okay? No. That crap pissed me off. I'm going to tell you right now. That crap pissed me off. And to try to listen to people justify it, there is no justification. I don't care if it's game seven. I don't care if he's on the rival. I don't care who it is. When an athlete goes down in the middle of competition, you don't stand up there and cheer. Now, yes, you may have this warm feeling inside like, oh, thank God, right? Because the KD is a beast. 11 points right off the bat, coming off an injury, still injured, really? So, yeah, you you may think, oh, thank goodness, you know, because I was worried that if he plays, that we may not win. Yeah, you may have that. And that's okay to have, right? Because that's rooting for your team. But there's also respect and sympathy and empathy for the athlete that's on the court or on the field that's hurt. Yeah, I think you hit it right there. Right. I mean, you hit a lot of points, but I really like that last point right there. And, you know, it, and it's what's weird is that, God, I for the life of me, I can't remember if it was the first or second series um, where, and it might have been, heck, it could have been the third series, where there, there there's a, uh, a Raptor fan that traveled on the road and in his Raptor gear and got booed. I mean, it was a disaster on the road field, on the road. Uh, on the road game and so there was such backlash out in the community in toronto oh my god how can you take it out on this poor fan he's just rooting for his team we're so much better than that we wouldn't do such a thing and then what two three weeks later kd goes down and what do the fans do they they cheer a man that that's hurt um in, in a despicable fashion um First and foremost, they're frauds. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, they're frauds. I used to live in Buffalo. Toronto was only an hour and a half away. At the time, I was a Blue Jay fan. Now, back when... Oh, yeah. Back when, before... Well, really, it was during the Bell era, or the the Bees era, right? Barfield, Bell. You know, when these guys, Mosby, when these guys were roaming around out in that outfield, it was great. But you know what? Attendance wasn't that great. Attendance was not that great. Attendance picked up when they went to Rogers Center, which was the Sky Dome back then. And then all of a sudden, you had these pieces, Alamar McGriff, and, you know, all of a sudden, Steve on on the hill. These guys are just doing what they do. And and then the fans started to come out. But you know what? Once that era went away, guess what happened? Those fans left. You're not the greatest fans in the world, Toronto. You're frauds. You're even frauds with your Maple Leafs. 
Now, I, I do give it to them that they do take over <laughs> Buffalo's arena when the two play because they are rivals. But, you know, the, the, what you did, that's a disgrace to even try to claim to be the best fans. You're fraud. You know, kick rocks. what's interesting, and I never cheer, you know, I, I'm trying to think of when I was a kid going to football games, right? I know I'd never cheer a player getting hit like in the head with a pitch or anything. You never want to see that because right? you're talking about a person's livelihood. Even as a kid at, at a road team, Yankee Red Sox, when I'm 11, 12 years old, I never rooted for a player to get hurt. Or if he did get hurt, I never looked at it like, ha, ha, ha. You know, I never, I never did that. Uh, I mean, I've been to games where players gotten gotten injured, and and to your point, you, you said, "Oh yes, he he's he's down. He's going to be out of series, or maybe a quarter, or maybe just the rest of the game, right?" Because right. W- right. But I would never, I never thought about standing up and cheering that a player got hurt. I, it's just, it's it's a bizarre reaction uh, for a fan base to have. And I'm trying to think of of anything from another sport whether it's the finals of that particular sport or if it was a regular season type game, I cannot really recall a, a, a fan base rooting or cheering on an injury. And this injury wasn't like I got hit in the face. I got, I got hit in the elbow uh, in, in the face and, you know, I'm holding my face. Uh, and not that I'm trying to justify one injury over another, but you know how sometimes sure, the sure. reactionary the point, magnitude yeah. of the injury right, is, right. is what you're saying, right? right. Can you I know, come back or or maybe I'm out a day? Yeah, but the guy's yeah. holding his Achilles. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know he's been out for a month, over 30 days because of that strained cap. And people, you know, Stephen A. Smith wants to say that, you know, it was an Achilles injury all along. No, it wasn't, right? It was the calf injury. But anytime you're hurt. You're going to overcompensate because of the injury you're trying to recover from. And so then it just seep into other areas, right? Because now you're putting too much pressure here. You're not equal. You're not balanced. And so then you you always have problems. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Stevie D, you were asking, you know, has another fan base done this? And I got into a Twitter debate with, with somebody about this. And, and yeah, you have your isolated incidents where it has happened. And those fans should be called out just as much as the Toronto Raptor fans, right? It, we're talking, you know, cities like Philadelphia, right? We all know about Eagle fans, right? We all know about Raider fans, but that's not the norm. But the I don't think Raider fans actually would stand up and cheer if a player got caught it off on the other, on the other, uh, on the other team. And I got to be honest with you, I, I, I've seen Raider games. I've seen players get hurt. I've never seen the Raider fans just get up and applaud a player get hurt uh, like true. that. And, I think it's just a respect it, for, the, for, the, for what these guys are doing out on the field. The Raider uh, Nation, I'm sorry to include you. Now, now Philly fan, I'm not sorry. Yeah, well, they throw it at Santa Claus, so they throw <laughs> stuff on Santa Claus. So. You, you, you guys are, are one of you. Well, you're not. You have company now. I mean, Stevie D, when an injury like that happens, there is a deafening silence. You can hear a pin drop. What in the world, if they want to be copycats, if they want to you know, try to be like everybody else, right? Then if they've watched a game, then they know that that doesn't happen. You just don't cheer. You don't cheer. Grow up, get some respect. You, honestly, it, it took the players 
It's then people want to say, well, here's a video of them clapping as he walked off the court. Uh, And I'm sorry, because it took Serge Ibaka to get out on the court and to like look at the fans like, what are you doing? It took the PA address announcer to get on the mic and say, shh, really? You are grown adults paying big time dollars for a ticket and you don't know the etiquette. You don't know just simple decency. That really just ticks me off, man. It really does. And anybody to try to justify their actions, you're just as bad as they are. I'm sorry, Stevie D. No, you're you're good. You know, so so kind of I I think you kind of got that off your chest there a little bit. And um and so actually now going back to the series itself, you know, I, I wonder if that is the fuel that the Warriors need to now win the next couple of games. It's a great question. It's a great question. Because the motivation has got to be huge in that locker room to win this series now. I personally, I don't think they win. I I don't think they win. There, there's a flaw with the Warriors. I really think the flaw with the Warriors is Ke- is Kevin Durant. To be honest with you, and the reason why I say that, yes, they have won multiple championships with Durant, and Durant being the Finals MVP over the last couple of years. I get that, but the Warriors were stacked already before Durant got there. When Durant was at OKC. The Warriors were stacked, and they were still running up and down the court, and they were shooting. But there was a there was a type of bond that they had with that group. Then KD comes in, right? And yes, Steph can shoot from half court. That that that's all well and good. But KD is a baller, a true baller, right? And you saw Steph Curry start to defer to KD. You saw Klay Thompson defer to KD. So now, all of a sudden, instead of these guys deferring to each other, they deferred to KD. When Durant was out, yeah, they played better basketball after his injury. They played a little bit better basketball. You saw that, you know, all of a sudden, Steph Curry's not missing layups anymore, right? Steph Curry's starting to hit his shots because he has to take more shots, getting in his rhythm. Maybe the focus was there. But when you look at the overall team, as – when Durant came there, a piece of that original team is gone. They're not the same that we know them to be. And now the Raptors are starting to exploit that. They're able to create these mismatches. They're able to push the pace. That's what that's what Golden State thinks. Well, this is what I think. I, I Not to cut you off, Vince, but really, I, I just think that I, for me personally, I was rooting for the Raptors. Um, but now I have totally swung uh, to to Golden State. You know, I was rooting for the, the the Raptors. They've never won before. What a great story! You know, we've seen the Warriors there already. Um, I was looking for the Warriors to to lose, and then KD kind of leaves that team. Maybe maybe comes to goes your hometown. To the Knicks. Knicks goes to the yeah, Knicks. Goes to the Knicks. Absolutely. And although I'm not a Knicks fan, it's just it would be the Knicks need to be relevant in basketball again. Uh, it's been way too long. And, and so now I'm, I'm all up on, on the Warriors to win it. Um, I, I, I'm just, you know, even though we talked about this, you know, probably five, seven minutes ago, it still has my blood boiling. Just the, 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 the clueless, classless fans that, that uh, rooted on an injury, a severe injury 
that could have effects on his career long term and the Absolutely. longevity of his career. It, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I have to be honest with you, Stevie D. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Ever since the group from Toronto, with the help of Mr. John Bon Jovi, tried to steal my Buffalo Bills. I knew this was going to get in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When that happened a few years ago, coming back, telling Roger Goodell, telling all the owners, oh, no, we have no plans, no intentions to move the Buffalo Bills to Toronto long term. That That's not happening. But thank goodness Kim and Terry Pagulik stepped in and Mary Wilson was able to say, oh, hold on. And the Pagulas got the sale. Because shortly thereafter, it was revealed that the ownership group from Rogers Center in Bon Jovi, they had every intention of moving the Buffalo Bills to Toronto in two years. So they're just blatant lies. And it was at that point, and I used to love Toronto. Stevie D, I used to, I used to go up there, hang out. Oh, it was great. King Street, it, that, that city was awesome. Carabana, the whole nine. I... Eight Toronto. That's wow. Why I left, that's why I left the Blue Jays. About time you come back to the Yankees. You know. No. It's all about the race. Oh. You, you know. You know. There's oh, rules. There's God. there's rules to it. There's rules. You know. That's rules. what we rules. We, we need yeah, to we're, we're going to go over. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We're going to go we over the sports to, etiquette rules. Yes, we need to. We need to bring that back. We need to bring it. But anyways, anyways, I digress. I, I have had a passion hatred for Toronto. If we have Toronto listeners out there, I may not hate you specifically, so don't take it to heart, but just Toronto in general. I mean, you are up there with Boston in, wow. in my eyes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Boston. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, you're come you're on, right come there. On, on. They got to be at least a distant second, at least. I mean, come on. You're, oh. Oh no, no, they they Fredo, they tried Fredo, to, Fredo, they tried you're to, breaking my heart, Fredo. You're breaking my heart. They were putting their hands in my pocket. Get your hands out of my pocket. Your pocket's in Tampa now. Your pocket isn't in Buffalo anymore. Oh, it is. It always is. Oh no. They they tried to steal from me. You tried to and you lied to me. Aren't so, you upset with the aren't you more upset with the NFL front office and the politicians in Toronto? Yeah, 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 yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's all the same. <laughs> it's 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 all the same to me. <laughs> I guess I, I see the difference is my team my team actually left my city, but they Who had left? no choice. The Jets left oh, Queens yeah. because they got kicked out because the 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 uh, the Mets were tired of the Jets ripping up the outfield grass, and then right. they came back and it was ripped up, and they finally says you got to go. And there was no really nowhere else to go to house a football team because the Yankees weren't going to let team. it. Just disband the team. Oh, whoa. but they, see, that's by loyalty. And <laughs> just a, just a quick snippet on on our on our uh, fan rules of the game, our fan rules of the game. You know, my team left my city, and I stayed loyal. Just remember that. I stayed loyal. I had it. I had a free pass. It was like that movie Hall Pass. I had it. Oh, you didn't have a free pass. I had a Hall Pass. You, there was no such things as rules of a fan back when when they left. Oh no, you oh, you, oh you just, and you could 
you could have gone to the Giants. Oh, 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 you swear you cursed once on this show today. <laughs> you cursed again. All right. Well, I I digress. DVD uh, on Toronto. You know, I I in as much as KD has been well paid and has as much support, and has the best doctors. You know, prayers go out to him for a speedy recovery. And again, not because I want him to come to my Knicks either, right? But I I really thought that we almost had a Willis Reed moment. And for him to come back, and you know he wasn't healthy, but he knew it was a dire situation down 3-1. And for him to do what he did in that first quarter, you know, it just, you, you, your heart goes out for it to come to an end like that for him. And so, you know, I do hope for a spitty recovery, love watching your game, and hopefully you're wearing the blue and orange next year. And no matter how long it takes, you take your time, KD, as long as you're wearing blue and orange. Take your time. Not well that said. long. Not that yeah. long. Because <laughs> we need you. Because the NBA screwed us and, and gave us the third pick instead of the first pick, which we were owed. It's I'm just hearing rumors, DVD. I'm just hearing rumors. Uh, yeah, you know why you didn't get the number one pick? Because they were afraid Dolan was going to screw it up. Well, that wasn't the rumor I heard, but that oh, has a uh, lot of validity to it. <laughs> that may that be may not know. The but rumor I, I heard is that this was payback for the Patrick Ewing lot. Well, I, honestly, that's what I was going to say. But I'm like, really, did they hold a 30-something year grudge? But here's what I'll say. For folks that may not know, Dolan, his name is James Dolan. Uh, he's the um, owner of the New York Knicks. That's kind of run this franchise. Not kind of has run this franchise into the ground. Thank you. And and so um, I don't give him props for his full name. I just call him Dolan. Um, and uh, so hopefully somehow somebody in that organization could could steer this ship and, and get it right because. Not having New York Nick basketball hurts the NBA. Uh, I look, I'm not a Nick fan, but when the Knicks were, I'll say a little bit in their heyday in the '90s, right? When you had you had Ewing and you had Starks and you had you had Oak. Uh, I wasn't a huge Allen Houston fan, but Allen Houston, I think, was there as well. Mm-hmm. You, you had something there. You had the rivalry with the with the Bulls. You had the rivalry. Was it just the Bulls? I know it was the no, Bulls, but it was the Bulls, the Heat, the Celtics. Yeah, the Heat. The heat, right, with uh, with me, uh, uh, a lot, a lot until morning. Yes, in um, the fight where yeah. Van Gundy was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That's still a classic one. Uh, with you know Van what? Gundy I think I'm going to put the video clip up on our website because just to go in the little time, uh, the throwback time machine, just to see that that was classic. Yeah, so it, it's really important. It, it's been what twenty years. 20, yes. 23 years since the Knicks have been really relevant in, in the NBA. Uh, when you think about it, I, I think that the Nets, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, formerly of the New Jersey Nets, have had more playoff games and playoff wins than the New York Knicks, which is hard to believe. It um, is. It is. Um, so, anywho. Well, CBD, let, let's, let's kind of move to the frozen pond. And we're not talking about the Maple Leafs. We we are talking about the Stanley Cup. We're talking about Blues. We're talking about Bruins. And, and you would think, based on my comment about not liking Boston, that I would be pulling for the Blues. 
but I'm not. I, I, I have a quandary here. The quandary that I have is that I can't stand Boston. So I'm absolutely anti-Boston. But in the, I don't even know who you are right now. But I can't root for the Blues because they have Ryan O'Reilly. And Ryan O'Reilly, a former Sabre, Buffalo Sabre last year, at the end of the season says, you know, I've lost the passion to play. I, I don't want to play anymore. You know, I'll, I'll do what I have to do, but I'm not really into playing. Well, I can't keep somebody on my team that says that they don't want to play, that they've lost the passion to play, right? I, I got to try to do something. So the Sabres make a trade, and everybody heard this statement. And so the Blues say, you know, hey, we'll, we'll give you some guys. They give us a guy who literally quit on a team, just like a la somebody else quit on my football team. But you get somebody that quits on the team. You got a, a young kid that really is not living up to his potential, right? Tage Thompson, a big kid. Oh, if he could ever just – he could ever just turn it around, get that – flip that switch. Oh, he's a stud. But anyways, you know, but we really didn't get – fair value in the trade, but we got what we could get. And what does O'Reilly do? He's on the verge of winning the con Smythe. Oh, whoa. Where's this coming from? So I can't root for him to win, but I can't root for Boston to win. I, I don't know what to do. You have to root for the Blues because that's one guy. That's one guy. You got to move past it. No, one no, guy. One no, guy. What's going to happen is that that one guy will have gotten the Stanley Cup before the other 20 guys on my team got that. And these guys, no matter what, you know, they're sticking it out and they're, they're trying to build the winner. This, this scab says, I want out. Oh, you know what? Go kick rocks too. But that's not why I brought up the Blues and the Bruins. That's not why, Stevie D. Did you hear what happened? I heard a lot of things that happened in this season. <laughs> well, let me tell you the one that I has had me laughing the whole time. You know, like I know, right? Pitcher, uh, oh, yeah. A pitcher mm-hmm. has gone seven strong, right? Hasn't yep. given up a hit. Hasn't given up a run. Hasn't had a walk. No errors. That's that sheet is clean. What are you supposed to do and what aren't you supposed to do? That's postponed. You you don't say a word about it. You don't even sit next to him when when he comes into the dugout. Oh, he's from sit- a from a jinxing. You don't want to he, jinx it. Yeah. He sits there all by himself, right? And people just look at him, and he's just looking, staying focused, staying in the moment. See, this is not just baseball. This is all sports, right? When you got something going, you don't touch it. You don't mess it mess with it. You don't say anything about it. You just let, let it keep going and and you enjoy the ride. And if it comes to fruition, you celebrate and you party like you've never partied before. Right. Right. Everybody knows this. Well, except for the St. Louis blues media newspaper and you know, the people there in St. Louis, they decide what let's take out a full page ad. Congratulations to the Stanley cup champions. Whoa. Whoa, we haven't even played game six yet. Just because you got a victory and you go up three to two doesn't mean that you can start proclaiming this. They had parade routes posted. We're having the parade. It's going down here. It's all going down. Come on, guys. Act like you've been there. Even though you haven't, act like you've been there before. <laughs> you know, when I heard that, I I was it was unbelievable. So so a member of my team at, at work uh is a is a blues fan and he travels from 
the Kansas City market up to uh, the, the three and a half hour drive. And he goes to about four or five games a year. And whether it's during the week or not, he takes time off from work and he goes up and sees Blues. So he's a Blues fan. I, I give it to him. You're, you're going three and a half hours. You're doing that five, six times a year. You're taking days off from work to go during the week to go see him. You're a fan. He comes walking in the door. And I just say, what in the world? He goes, I have no idea what happened up there. I mean, I didn't have to say anything to him. Uh, he, he he was just shaking his head. He goes, "Are you?" they just jinxed us. All right. And then what happens? They go out and get railed at home, 5-1. Sure did. Sure did. Jesus. You know, I, I, know the, I know the Blues are not a good home team here this year in this hockey calendar season. They haven't been good at home. But when you have this, the place is rocking, you got a chance to close it out. To lay that egg 5-1 to go back to Boston, and I know you're a much better road team, that's going to be really hard to do. Yeah, talk about that momentum swing. It's going to be really hard to do. Boston has to Boston. The Blues have to score first to take the pressure off. So you're not playing from from behind. You got to score first. Well, Stevie D, as we record this this edition of this podcast, that game is actually happening right now. It is two nothing Boston. Oh, I'm sorry. Two, two, nothing, St. Louis. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. First period, I'd assume, right? Or are they? Are they? Or is it second period? Because it's they're, they're they're heading into the second as we as okay. we do this recording. Okay. So, folks, when when you hear this this recording, you will already know the outcome. We're we're kind of watching, and it's going to be tape delayed. But our our commentary, our thoughts, our beliefs, <laughs> they they transcend time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's hard because I don't know how – I don't know I really want to get into the whole recap, and that's probably next for the next podcast when you kind of review the, the seven-game series. Right. But but it, it's just interesting, um, the, the calls from the referees. and We'll get more in that one. But the, the, the referees going back and forth, it, it's been a rocky series. And I just think when you think of just another important series, right, we saw it in football with the Saints, right? Yes. Uh, we saw, it in college, game. we saw it in college basketball in the national championship game. Now you're seeing it here in the seven game series where it's all over the place. And we've um, seen it in basketball. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's all, we saw it in horse racing. It, oh my God. <laughs> right. But, but I guess where I'm, I'm going with it is that we're talking about the biggest events for these particular sports and and we can't get officials 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 on board or the right officials to make the right calls and i know there's human error but it just seems over the last few years it's getting worse and worse in crunch time games of making the right calls these are supposed to be the best of the best officials at the end of the season right they get rated on their scores during the season to get into these games at the end. And I don't know why we are consistently having talking about officiating and not talking about the play on the field. And I don't know what the leagues leagues are going to do about it, but they really need to analyze that when you have your sport on the main stage and fans are talking more about officiating than they are about the games. That's a problem. 
I agree. I I I I agree wholeheartedly. The the fun the fun is out of the game. You you're not debating the plays. You're not debating the coaches' decisions. You're debating the ref- the officials, the referees. What what do they say, Stevie D? They they should they should never be seen. Yeah. They yeah. they should be invisible. It's just like parents in the stands when they watch their kids play youth sports. Oh boy. Right. Keep it quiet. Cheer, but keep it quiet. The rumor has it that that there is one father that is quite animated when his son is out there on the mound pitching. I don't know who that is. Yeah, all I I don't know. Not going to put any names out there. Only to protect the innocent. Only to protect the innocent. Now, now, if you would have said that was like four years ago, I probably know that person. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) um, But I will keep his name out of this because it has nothing to do with – um this conversation but uh um but no I, it's just a it's a thing and, and i know we're going to do a recap in our next show on 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 the seven game series once it once it concludes and and, and such it was just a little thing i want to talk about about the but the ups i did the refs and arms uh line judges whatever you want to call and all the different sports and the different titles that these officials have it's just it's just odd to me that we've had that and i don't know if it's sports gambling is in the way I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, it's interesting you say that, right? Because to a sense, I think that whether it be the bookies or Vegas or whoever it is that's really controlling gambling, they're probably more ticked off at what's happening than the fans because it's costing them big time money, right? You have these teams that are all of a sudden pulling upsets. Favorites are losing, which means that Vegas is losing when these upsets happen. And these upsets are happening because of poor officiating. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And the, the other thing that is kind of odd, and since you bring up sports gambling, Stevie D, it never used to be like this. But now that, you know, maybe we're paying closer attention, but now that the different leagues are are kind of becoming more and more open to sports gambling. Now, all of a sudden we start seeing these just ridiculous idiotic calls. Yeah. Is it, a, it could be a coincidence, but you know, it, there, there's a lot to what happens with these calls to, to gambling. Yeah. So when you think of that NBA official, God, I can't remember his name. Tim, I thought his first name was uh, Donahue. Yeah. Donahue. 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 Yep. Um, and he went to jail for it. Um, and it and it brings me back, actually, when I started, when we were talking about it now, it just brought me back to the 30 for 30 on ESPN years ago on the point shaving scandal um, up in the Northeast. I like to say it was Boston. I don't know what college, if it was Boston College. It was one of those uh, universities up there where former gangster Henry Hill um, – because uh, he spoke quite a bit on this 30 for 30 and he was quite involved in this point shaving where he approached the player and, um, and basically really didn't give him a, sh- give him a, ch- give him an option for no. And then it wound up spreading and it wasn't more like they were throwing the game. They were just not covering. They made sure they weren't covering the spread. 
And, and when they when you reviewed the tape and one of the athletes that were caught up in the scandal, you know, it was how do you take a, a you had a game where you, you're supposed to win by 15 points for argument's sake. And in the first half, you had a pass to a guy running down the down the lane and you overthrow him just a hair. Nobody thinks about that turnover, but that turnover just cost two points. Right. And, and this guy was saying, well, you can see, yeah, I, I did a jump. I did the, the shot, but my legs really weren't under me on that shot. And I wound up clanking it because I didn't get the elevation I normally get. Right. So it's interesting, you know, when I when I remember that 30 for 30 and I look at the officiating today and I'm like, it's just like, is there something else bigger going on? Because it just seems odd that lately in the big. Big events, we have we're second guessing officials on poorly poor calls, whether it's a penalty, um, whatever the case may be. It's just I don't know. I just find it funny. Odd. Yeah, yeah. I know I sound accusatory. Uh, it's just weird. I, I don't know what else to explain it because you're talking about the best of the officials, like I said, and now all of a sudden every finals, everything comes into question. It's just weird. Yeah, it, it, it is. And you, you bring up a great point. You know, it, it's one of these that you really have to think about, right, to, before you can even really – sit back and present any type of opinion because you you don't know right and, and there's so much that's unknown that that it's it's hard to be swayed either way yeah i i would hope that there's no impropriety that's going on i would sure. hope that you're not doing it because of gambling or you're doing it because of favoring one team or another right we would always hope that the the officials are impartial and if you're bad just be bad Right, right, just be bad. Right, look, look, like Don Deckinger in the '85 World Series, Royals Cardinals, Game Six, I think it was. That ground ball where the umpire called the runner. Oh shoot, I'm gonna mess this up. I think. He, oh yeah, it was Todd Worrell. Uh, it was the closer, so it was definitely it went in favor of the Royals, and they the it was a ground ball, and the umpire called the runner safe. And he was clearly out by like a step and a half. It was so bizarre. And, you know, you could say, okay, the guy just missed that one. You had no other incidents around there. It's probably just a freak thing. Um, the guy feels horrible, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now it just seems like we got hockey. We just had the football. Um, it, it's just too much. You had the basketball, the, the national championship game. Right. It just seems like too many controversial calls in big time games, too close together, and it just makes me think with with sports gambling, sports it, betting, if something's going on. And that and that's true. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Too close together. It, it's it's happening one after another. But but when you were bringing up the Kansas City St. Louis, I I thought you were going to the Eric Gregg with the with the Florida Marlins when Levon Hernandez was out there pitching. Oh my God! Wide <laughs> strike zone. Oh, it was I never seen anything like it. Box. I never seen anything like it. I'm telling you, I've seen some wide strike zone when my son was 10 years old because the umpires just want to get the game moving along because nobody could throw a strike. But that was unbelievable. You know, I saw that tape that came up on TV probably about eight months ago, and I still couldn't believe what I was I was watching. <laughs> How many years later? Like, are you kidding me? 
I mean, you want to talk about somebody wanted to go out and get something to eat and was in a hurry to get after the game. And we, we know that official, that umpire liked to eat. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. And I believe he, he passed away, that umpire. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Gregg. Yeah. yeah Eric Gregg. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, well, way to bring the show down, Stevie D. Yeah. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> but well, hey, he got, he, we're talking about him. Well, true. Now, what by bringing the show down, we have to get serious here. I mean, there, there's no joking around. That, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can laugh or cry on this one. I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy town, what we're going to talk about right now. David Big Poppy Ortiz. I just saw him. I literally just yeah, saw him. Yeah, you did. You told me about that. Yeah. So so for the for the fans here, it, it, I was at uh, on a business trip in Boston. Um and and was uh in a suite and we were leaving the suite at Fenway Park. Oh, so not name dropping, seat dropping. Yeah, that's our role, baby. I, I won't name I won't name the company because I can't do that. But um, unless they want to be a sponsor, right? Well, they, there you go. And so um, we were leaving and we were going down to the seat. So what happened was you you start up in the suite area where you get food again um, danger seat yeah, dropping yeah. well i'm gonna tell you something this just wasn't any food this was a sit-down meal type thing again seat dropping. big poppy i gotta roll like big poppy right and so we're leaving and then all of a sudden it, it happened so quickly um next thing i knew look up and it was like an entourage and there he was literally like seven feet and i just yelled out yo poppy and he's like yo he puts his hands up in the air and uh, and he just continued to walk, and we walked, you know, in the opposite direction, and that was it. it was, and when I looked at him, I said, "Wow, he's not as big as I thought he would be." Well, I'm six three, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty tall, but I I just assumed that he was a lot bigger, but he must have lost some serious weight after his playing days, right. because I mean, he really did look thin down. He looked great. Um, and what was uh, the first thing I touch. said to you when you told me? What are you gonna get a quote on the for the show? Get him on the show. <laughs> you know, hey, honestly, if I was quick witted, I would have said something bad about the Red Sox. But it, when I tell you it happened so fast that I, I couldn't be quick witted to say, you know, Boston, you know, Boston sucks or something. Yankees, are, right? Um, kiss the rings or something. But I, I couldn't be, you know, think quick enough um, on that side. So, and then this thing breaks a couple of weeks later. I was like, what in the world is going on with Big Poppy? So if you wanted to take it away and kind of lead everybody into it. Well, we we, we could do this in tandem. Hey, so everybody everybody hears, and, and if you haven't heard, David Ortiz is down in the Dominican Republic, hanging out at a bar, and then all of a sudden you hear the reports that David Ortiz has been shot. You're like, wait, what? Now, hearing an athlete getting shot these days is, is very commonplace. Right, you hear it almost once a month, and sometimes more than that. But then you start hearing more that you know this was kind of a serious shooting, but nobody really had any of the details when it first came out. And so then Stevie D, you started to come to me with some of the information. Yeah, it was, uh, and so really, what I was telling you was that it was a hit, like somebody like mob style. There was a hit on him. Uh, because everybody was kind of the way it went down. It just seemed kind of a hit motorcycle pulls up guy gets off a bike and bang, bang. Right. And and then, and then 
Did, didn't that, didn't you say that the police were involved or something like that? They were initially saying the police were involved. Yes, yeah, that, that story broke pretty quick. That a police officer was involved, but we really didn't know to what detail a police officer was involved. We just know a police officer was involved that was in on it. Uh, it kind of reminds you of like the whole you know Biggie Smalls thing, right? Was it was a was a police officer involved in L.A. right? So it's like we don't know what's going on, right? So um, and then. The next day, I think it was the next day, um, it started breaking that uh, that he had an affair with a with a drug lord's wife. Right. Right. That's and, right. It, and then it was like, what in the world? He had an affair with a drug. And then it comes out that the drug lord warned Ortiz not to come back to the DR. No, he didn't warn him. His people warned him. Okay. Well, because well, he, he well he, he was gone. In, 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 in certain cultures, Vince, you can't a, a boss is not going to necessarily come out and say it for legality reasons. Ah. But he's telling somebody to make sure he understands not to come back. I don't think. See, personally, I don't think that that he told them not to come back. I think that he had, he had put a a price on his head, right? And so, you I know what think, that price was? I don't. Did you I hear? Don't, yeah, it came out. What was the value? $7,800. Ah! <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's still breathing. Ah! <laughs> I, he, I'm not he, laughing at the incident. One of my boys back, back, back in New York. You, you got to hire the Italians. You got to <laughs> bring in the Italians. They'll do it. They'll take care of it. That's that's the number that you see on like forensic files and on, yeah. you know, oxygen and stuff where they try to hire the, the hitman. Uh, how much? How about six hundred and twenty-two dollars? That's what I have. Really, seventy-eight hundred for Big Poppy to get. Oh boy! But- that's why the job didn't get done. But so now the latest as of today, prior to Game Seven, we'll put some some uh, a time frame around it, right around Game Seven, but earlier in the day, uh, here is that six people now have been arrested, including a police officer. Oh, so they did arrest a police officer. Yes, and and, and six people all together. Okay, well that, that that's what you get for seventy eight hundred dollars. Yes. Oh, it's without a doubt. Come on. All right. There. I mean the whole <laughs> the whole shooting and, and just like KD. Let me preface all of this. All of this, just like KD. I I will say as far as Big Poppy, David Ortiz. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan because you played in Boston. But my heart goes out to you, and I am hoping for a speedy recovery. I'm hoping that that you were able to recover from this. I, I say that in earnest, right? Because I it, just like KD, I'm not applauding. I'm not rooting for anybody to get hurt. I'm not rooting for anybody to get shot. I'm not rooting for anybody to die. I, I don't want any of that to happen. The situation around it is comical. The, the whole situation around it is kind well, of... What's interesting is that, one, why do you think you can get away with having an affair with a drug lord's wife and think nothing's going to happen to you? Well, you're not Teflon, Don. Right? You're, not, you're not made out of Teflon. You can't be found. You can't be hunted. And if you think this is over, it's not over. Because I'm sure that drug lord's going to say, you guys have this one up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to bring in some big boys somewhere. Right, so if I'm Ortiz, yeah, you better watch your step every every way. Stevie D, I think you're giving too much credit. 
It, the, guy, the guy paid $7,800. Yeah, well, he just realized his mistake. If I'm another drug lord in the Dominican Republic, I'm thinking, really? Yeah, no doubt this about it. This is our competition? I, I, I'm going to go take out the, the, that whole cartel. Right. Like, right? That, that's what the boss is thinking. But, you know, honestly, I'm disappointed um, uh, in his decision making, you know, because David is 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 a married man. I know I don't like to condone, you know, those actions um, about having an affair on your wife. If you're not happy, then leave your wife. Be a man and leave your wife. Uh, don't don't subject her to that. Uh, that's not right. Um, and then for me, the difference for me with Ortiz is not that I hated Ortiz. I hated to watch him come to the plate because he was such a darn good hitter. And I never hated him just because he was in Boston. And it's going to sound fat, uh, you know odd coming from a Yankee fan. But it was the respect that that I had for him as a hitter in those clutch situations, even against, against my vaunted Yankees, that um, I never hated him. I just hated that he had to come up in those situations to you know to beat the Yankees or, or get that that hit that put the Red Sox in a better spot to win. But now, I had see, a lot. I, I had a lot of respect. We, that's where we differ. That yeah. that's where we differ. I I do not respect you. I don't like you while you play the game. Sure. Uh, Once look. you're done, like Larry Bird, I couldn't stand Larry Bird. Hated Larry Bird with a passion. The day Larry Bird retired, to me, Larry Bird was one of the greatest, and I love Larry Bird. I, I just I love everything about Bird because just Bird just had game, had mad game, right? Mad game. Another clip we're gonna put up on the on the website, officialwordsports.com, is the three-point uh shootout contest during the All-Star when Larry Bird just goes and dominates the field. But better yet, he does it with his warm-up sweat still on. That I, Larry was great. But when Larry played and was playing with the Celtics, no, thank you. No, thank you. Don't like you. Don't respect you. I want you off the team. If you come to my Knicks, I open my arms. So much love. We'll forget about the past. Wow. So we definitely differ on that one. <laughs> and, and, so, um, and so I am um, – I'm glad he's doing okay. I was yes. glad that the Red Sox got the plane out there. He got him on, got him on a private plane, got him back to Boston. He hey, just hey. went through his second surgery, and he's doing well. So let's give some kudos to that Red Sox front office owner and, and the rest of the group making that quick decision. No, not not only for knowing who he is and what he is, but I mean they they, they didn't waste any time. They were like, nope, we need to take care of this right now. Get him the best medical treatment and you know that's going to help him in, in the long run so kudos for that yeah, yeah i don't like boston but great move great move. when you think of ortiz in red sox history you know he's on that mount rushmore oh yeah he is oh yeah he is so williams yes ortiz yeah who, who else goes there i mean pedro's Fox. probably you know well, I don't know if Boggs made it there. Um, I think Boggs leaving, it's the same thing with Clemens. When you leave and go to the Yankees, can you really be on the Rushmore? Um, I don't think that's ever forgotten in Boston. Well, yeah. how, then how do you put Ortiz on there? He's a twin. No, no, no. But I'm saying the the cross town, you know, the you know, the rivalry between the Mets and the Yankees. You he remember he got he was getting cut by Minnesota. True. So True. it's not like 
Ortiz was anything special. Uh, I, heck, I think he may even had a different name when he played for the Twins. He may not have been David Ortiz. I know uh, at some point he became David Ortiz, uh, but he had a different first name when he first came up into the league. Now, Stevie, uh, I, I have to tell you something. You, you, you have triggered something, and we've given much love. So please understand, much love is giving to the, the recovery of David Ortiz. However, however. We give it, and then we take it away. <laughs> we sure do. We sure do. You're saying put him up on the Rushmore of Boston Red Sox sports. Yeah, but, you know, he was linked to something that was going on during a certain era of baseball. Yeah, and so was every other player in every other era. I agree. Somebody did something. But until they uh, put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, he was linked to a certain era of baseball. Yeah. So, uh, okay, big deal. Let's move on. You know wow. my stance on it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know my stance on bonds. You know my stance on players that I are do. linked, right? <laughs> I and I, I can care less. Uh, it, it's an error that happened in baseball, but if you don't think any error had something, and if you don't think uh, uppers or, uh, or quaaludes or the magic potions they had supposedly in the 60s and – Yada, yada, yada. If you didn't think that had happened, and if the fat man for the Yankees could hit the ball 600 feet and hit 60 home runs and hit more home runs than everybody else, wh- what what was in his magic beanstalk that nobody else had in Major League Baseball back when Babe Ruth played? <laughs> right? So it, it's just every era had something. And, and, and to hold this era accountable from 1990 to, to 2010 or whatever the, the year is um, – it's you're 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 just robbing the Hall of Fame at the end of the day. And Goose Gossage can come out and say everything he wants to say about players that have used blah blah blah. Goose, you had all those greenies. That's the name I was looking for. All those greenies. I've heard players say there was a a, a big bowl, like a, a huge fishbowl, a yep. candy dish of greenies. Well, yep. you, people needed speed to play the game because they were tired. That's still cheating the game. Doesn't matter if you do steroids. Let me tell you something. Those players that really did do steroids for a long period of time, they paid the price. Mark McGuire was broken down. Canseco broke down. Sosa started breaking down. This all started happening to players that were doing it a long period of time. So well, there is an effect. And, and let me add, let me add, I'm glad I got you going too, by the way. <laughs> now I'm, I'm like, you starting off the show. <laughs> but let me add to that. Think about this. Not everybody took steroids to get big. They took it for recovery. Yeah, right, right. And so I, that, I, that goes in line with the, with your greenies. Yeah, and honestly, to to use it to get healthy, I use the example of Andy Pettit. He knew what he was doing, but he did it when he was injured to try to get the arm better. He didn't use it in a game to get a performance edge. He used that in a recovery. Uh-huh. Right, and so, but even that, I, I just we make such a big deal about it. Baseball is the only sport we make a big deal about it. Every era had – I'm just going to go to my grave. The yeah. numbers are sacred. Right. I Sure. You know, America's pastime since 19 – our 1888 or whatever it is, right? But, but, but it's, it's, such a, it's, such a, it's such a scam. Yeah, the, yeah. To listen to these sports writers, let's start. We don't even have to go into performance-enhancing drugs. If those numbers are so sacred – you're counting numbers that did not include the black players from the Negro Leagues. 
Sure. You're not talking about numbers that included the players from the Dominican or that weren't allowed at that time as well, or from from Japan or from, from Asia. You're not counting those players. This was just only here in the United States. So oh, and, No, no, no. In the United States playing for MLB. Correct. Correct. Because God knows if you take Josh Gibson's numbers, right, that all of a sudden there is no Babe Ruth as the Bambino and the greatest. It would be Josh Gibson. Yeah, I digress. So, Those but, but, numbers that they hold on to, they're not real numbers. People understand those aren't real numbers. Well, they're real numbers in the sense of Major League Baseball um, because that, that was the league. But if you're going to if you're going to take any league that was officially out there and put it into, the, into that statistic, then I would agree. Even though they weren't allowed to play, it's kind of it's a weird you – know, I don't know how I feel about the records for the players that weren't allowed to play it's what's a shame is that when folks were able to play and they put up the numbers in their golden years right what they could have been in their peak years right, right. We, we saw glimpses of players that came very late to the major leagues and they still dominated what would they have done but here's my point when i say that the numbers are invalidated I'm invalidating the numbers based off of what the sports writers are saying about baseball between 1990 and 2010. They're saying we can't use that. Well, why not? Right. That that happened in this league. You Well, then you say, well, because you took performance enhancing drugs and, and you're going against what the guys did back then. You know, you're trying to beat a Babe Ruth's record. Well, no, Babe Ruth's record really doesn't, count to me then if you're going to invalidate Barry Bonds and you're going to put an asterisk then put an asterisk on Babe Ruth because you refuse to let the likes of the Negro players from the Negro Leagues play that's what you refuse to do so that doesn't make Babe Ruth that great anymore put the asterisk on there or you know what say you know what you're right all the numbers should just be included, right? So we're going to include bonds. We're not going to have that hang up anymore. Then I'm fine with that. I'm also fine with that. You brought up Babe Ruth, and I, I find this funny. There's two things I find funny about steroids, right? One, one, you brought up Babe Ruth, and the stories are legendary about his party, right? Ruth would be out there womanizing, drinking, doing whatever. The game's back then we're in the middle of the afternoon. So here comes Ruth coming into the clubhouse half twisted. It's DVD. You like I know that when you take when you tie one on that next day, oh, it's rough. I don't know what you're it talking is. about. I don't know what you're talking about. My, my son could be listening to this. So. <laughs> well I, I will say when when Uncle Vince ties <laughs> one on <laughs> it's rough that next day. To, to even just get up and go and go into the kitchen to fix something to eat, yeah. you're struggling, mm -hmm. let alone to get on a baseball field. But rumor has it, because I wasn't there to see it, but rumor has it that, you know, there, there was something around to kind of a little pick me up, you know, something that goes through the nose <laughs> and, and just a little pick me up and that he would do that. Well, is it that performance enhancing? Right. To you, to your point. So, why are we okay with that? 
and we laugh and we joke and we celebrate that. Oh, this is what he had to do. Meanwhile, you have a guy who is trying to work out, not saying that, you know, he's living this perfect clean life, but guy is trying to work out and he needs something to recover so that he can work out again the next day. Oh, but no, you can't do that. It, it, it's it, the hypocrisies are yeah. so great. Here, here's the other one that there was an interview that was done in the 90s. This is right along the time when Bonds was making his run and McGuire was doing his thing. And they interviewed a couple of guys that used to play for the Atlanta Braves. And CVD, I think you may remember this because we were talking about this one. This is, this is just legendary. So they had these two guys in an interview. And these guys were in the bullpen. And they, and they said, you know, back when we sat in the bullpen, we would pass these things around like candy. And they were talking about like horse steroids, right? Well, all of a sudden, after this interview goes, everybody's talking about, did you hear this, right? Two guys from the Atlanta Braves that were in their bullpen talking about how steroids were rampant and running through the clubhouse. They even took it in the bullpen. All of a sudden, Stevie D, like a week later, you can't find any article. Everything wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, are you, you trying? Are you find the article? Are you trying to say it was swept underneath the rug? Well, it more than swept under the rug. Because <laughs> at least if you lift the rug up, you'll see it. I mean, gone, gone. People don't talk about it. People don't even whisper about it. And, and I'm I'm looking out my window. Way. I'm looking out my window right now because we're talking about it. Uh, uh, because baseball didn't want to talk about it because they're coming off a strike in '94. Fan, fan attendance was down, and Major League Baseball turned a blind eye to a growing problem because they wanted the fans back. And then all of a sudden, the attendance is, is doing real well, and now it's like, well, we got to rein it in. Right. They, they, were okay, they were okay when you got up to 55 home yeah. runs, right? Because you weren't in the mantle Maris territory. You weren't in the Ruth territory, so you're good. They were okay when you got up to – 550 or 600 home runs 600 you know you're kind of pushing it because now now you're really starting to get into root territory now you're starting to get into Aaron territory but then all of a sudden here comes barry just going absolutely nuts right everything is going out into into that little lake or or the that waterway everything's going out that way and they're like wait a minute hold on if he keeps doing this (laughs) We're going to have an issue here. I don't know how we got off on steroids. Oh, talking about David Ortiz and steroids. <laughs> That's good conversation, cool. though. It is. It is. that that we, we really have to go into that one. Maybe we'll do that one a little later. Because I really would like to just dig into that. I, I really, if anybody who's listening ever remembers that interview, I know we're asking you to go into the memory banks. But if you remember that interview, and we could try to find out who those guys were. I, I would sure love to see if I could find them. I really would. Let, let, let's just bring it out. We'll be like Woodward and Burstein. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, but now, Stevie D, we've, we've talked about some pretty good topics. Now we got one. Again, bizarre. Yeah, this has just been bizarre world. That, that's what this show is going to be labeled when we put it up there. Bizarre world. We have the trial of the century. Oh, I, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I know we're early for on. For dysfunction? 
in the yes, the trial 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 of the century of dysfunction. Absolutely dysfunction. Absolutely. If we're talking about Keller Winslow Jr. and the rape charges and the lewd and lascivious conduct, and we're talking all that stuff. Just the the trial. Now, here's the great thing. I don't know if anybody knows it. And you know, hey, we could give shout shout outs even though we're not getting compensated. Court TV is back, right? Court TV made its first appearance during the OJ. Ironically, 25 years ago is uh, is when everything happened with OJ, Nicole Brown, and and Ron Goldman. But that's when Court TV first came out because everybody was just riveted watching everything that happened with the OJ trial. Well, now we have, you know, 2019, we have another sports star that is in a high-profile case. This one, not for murder, this is for rape. <laughs> it's just a crazy trial. Uh, what's real, what's not real, it, it's crazy. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll be coming to an end here shortly. Um, but at the end of the day, Kellen Winslow in the football world is ir- ir- uh, irrelevant. Um, and honestly... Was he, was he ever relevant, really? Yeah, you're right. He really wasn't, right? And um, You can and talk about bus. You yeah. can talk about bus because coming out of Miami... Man, he was the second coming, right? Because yeah. you had all those great Miami tight ends. Really, Shockey was the great tight end in, in everything he was doing. But Winslow was right on his heels, and everybody thought he was going to be the next Jeremy Shockey. And he has, he never lived up to anything. He never. didn't do anything with the Browns. He didn't do anything with the Bucks. He he played okay when he was with your Jets. Yeah, he was okay when he was healthy. Right, and, and there's the next thing, when he was healthy. He really was uh, a big disappointment as far as the NFL goes. No doubt. So, and, and then if we could add one more thing, not about Winslow, just about the NFL. Stevie D, no charges for Tariq Hill. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, the story, I, it just, there's just nothing there to to, to charge him with. Um, they just, the tape and all, it's just, it's just not, nothing's there. Um, there's, they don't have the evidence and I guess the tape, whatever that tape was, was not sufficient enough where the DA here prosecutors were, were willing to make it, uh, you know, put charges on it. So that tape tape you're talking about in case people are not aware, his wife or girlfriend had taped them when they were on vacation, where in Dubai and and was kind of leading him in the questions that she was asking him that were being recorded. Hey, you remember when you hit him and you remember when you hit him in the chest and he fell, you know, stuff like that. It, it, it was a bizarre tape recording. Yeah. And so really in, in the end, the ball now flips to the NFL and Roger Goodell and says, okay, no charges, but that doesn't mean the NFL can't do something. So it's going to be interesting how it plays out over here. You know, Personally speaking, what I don't like about this is the NFL, yes, is they're doing their due diligence, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But how long does it take to get a report? You don't have to travel from state to state. All your information is here. You, you descend on your witnesses. You, you talk to the player. You talk to the player's family. Um, and, and you close this out. And this should not linger in into the regular season. And in, in, in typical NFL fashion, a lot of these times, they take so long. And next thing you know, 
he's suspended by weeks. Week six comes along, he's suspended. Well, but see, you, I have a problem with it. Oh, I, I do too. Um, I, I'm just saying I have a problem that the NFL takes so long. Is where I'm going with it. Like, if you're going to do something, you, you you've had three months to do your investigation, and, and now get the ruling on. Not only can Tariq Hill move on, the fan base can move on, good or bad. Right. And, and and the Chiefs as an organization can decide what to do. But CVD, why, why does the NFL feel as though they need to do more of an investigation than what the the local prosecutor and, and that criminal team? I, I think it's protecting the gold shield and letting the fan base know that we're not there's more, we have we take more responsibility for our players in the communities that they that they live in. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you asked the question, I think that's really what it comes down to. They feel that their players need to be held to a higher standard than the, than the regular citizens in in these different cities and states. Yeah, I see I struggle with it. If there was if there wasn't a case, if there wasn't a case, then okay. Or if the woman, for example, Right, you had the Reuben Foster incident, where his girlfriend or his wife decided that she was going to drop the charges. Right, oh, she recants her story and she she drops the charges, and and the case just dies there on the vine. Okay, that's fair enough to to go investigate because we really don't know what happened, and, and now all of a sudden she's changed her story, and, and there's nothing that any of the civil servants there in in that city could do. Right, yep. this is a little different. This is a little different. They they've thoroughly investigated. Right, they they had the son out, and they they questioned him. They questioned Tariq Hill. They questioned the girlfriend. They questioned friends, families, neighbors. They they a thorough investigation, and they came back that you know there's nothing here. Yeah, I I think what's going to hurt Tariq Hill is some of the verbiage he said. And and uh, it's almost like it's like a civil trial, right? There's certain evidence that's presented in a civil trial that never sees the court. Sure, sure. And it's almost like the NFL, in the way you're describing it, because I think you described it perfectly, is where in my head I look at it as this is not the court of law. This is the court of, of a civil lawsuit slash the court of the NFL. And, and the NFL is going to treat – their investigation, take that tape where the DA couldn't do anything with it, but the NFL is going to interpret the way they want to interpret that video. And I think that's where Tari Kill will be held to what the NFL says accountable for whatever he may have done, which we really don't know what he did. But now let me ask you this. Just think about it. By the NFL doing this, not only do they play God, we'll say, Mm -hmm. right? But really, they can sway the balance of the NFL. Because if they deem and they they say, you know what, I don't care what happened with, you know, the police investigation, with the court's investigation, we think you're guilty. Tariq Hill, you're going to be suspended for four to six games. That He is a major cog in, in, in the Chiefs' offense. That, that's Pat Mahomes' weapon. Besides Kelsey, that's his weapon. That's his guy to go deep. Now, also, they don't have that, you know. And I get that they're they're 
making plans in case he's not there. But the NFL now has changed the balance. They have impacted the, the Kansas City Chief organization. Yeah, and helped out the New York Jets and the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills and the Texans. And Oh, the- why are we third? You're lucky I mentioned you at all. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in, in fairness to the teams, um, the, the Cleveland Browns, right, the teams that are in that hunt and in that mix, you've now made the Cleveland Browns a little bit better. Yes. Yes. So, it, it's – I do feel bad for the fan base – um, of being held hostage, but other teams and other players have been held hostage before. Ezekiel Elliott, they single-handedly yes. destroyed the Dallas Cowboys season a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. So the NFL has to stop and if make decisions. You have enough money, you have enough people on the payroll to do your investigations. Do it. Get it done with. Make your decision and move on. Don't let it linger. I hate the lingering. Hate it. And, and you, what's amazing? What do you tell your staff all the time? I got your back. Make a decision. Stand by it. And I got your back. And and that, that's the problem. That's the problem. They made two horrific decisions, knee-jerk decisions, and now they they're, they're just completely changed it. Right? Ray Rice and the Patriots with Spygate. They destroyed the tape. They let the Patriots off. People were like, wait a minute. How are you destroying the tape? Ray Rice, you know, that he, he got the two-game suspension, and all of a sudden the videotape comes out. Wait a minute. Why is he only getting two games? And now everything's completely different. Ruben Foster gets cut from a team, and he hasn't, it wasn't even committed with a crime. Yep. Yep. And that's that's so scary. That well, that's another show. That that's scary in itself, right there. So that is scary. Yep. Well, Stevie D, we we have gone on and on. It's some good stuff. Good. I I enjoyed it. I still don't like you, Toronto Raptors fans. I nope. do not like you at all. That that's going to wrap up this show. We're going to come back with uh, probably a more focused NFL as we as we get closer. Many camps are winding up. Stevie D, and then we're going to have that break. And after that break, it is time to lace it up, put the pads on, put the helmet on, chin strap, and let's go, baby. Yeah, baby. I, I, I am excited. I got players getting healthy. Oh, I'm ready. I am ready. Ed Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Well, okay, so that, <laughs> let me bring this to a close. We, we Again, we appreciate everybody for listening to the podcast. You guys are what help keep us going, keep us motivated. We have fun here, and, and you know that that's half the battle. But knowing that you guys have fun listening to us, that's the other half. So we certainly do appreciate it. You can always check us out. Check out, Click on the link on our website, officialwordsports.com. Under podcasts, you can check out all the shows. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher, Spotify, so you can catch us anywhere. Of course, right now we're on the plat- the platform of Anchor.fm, so you can go there as well to check out the podcast. Uh, a- again, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, check out our website, officialwordsports.com. And I'm Vince. I'm Steve. We'll talk to you soon.